I listened to this same host across four different shows and I, I couldn't tell you uh, what episode, much less what podcast. Um, and the amount of like searching that I do in my own YouTube history to, you know, to pull up a video um, or searching the web and being able to use the web as sort of a second brain um, is something that I really enjoy for almost everything else besides audio. Um, so being able to have that functionality in podcasting is something that I personally would enjoy. There's a certain buzz in the air for us podcasters. You can almost smell it, like you can smell lightning after it strikes. Okay, well, maybe not that intense, but the Podcast 2.0 movement is bringing lots of great things to podcasters and listeners alike. Speaking of lightning, you can get paid via derivatives of bitcoins over something called the Lightning Network with Podcasting 2.0 and a promise of transcripts right in your podcast player if you're using a new podcast player found at newpodcastapps.com, not in your old crummy one. But what if we want to go beyond transcripts in our player or on our website? What if we want to search, share, or commune around them? Former Podlink founder Nathan Gathright joins us today to talk about his next venture, Steno.fm. And don't worry, we're not going to jump right into the niceties of his side hustle just yet. We're going to spend some time riffing on Apple in the boat that they missed quite some time ago. You're listening to The Audience Podcast, which now has a freshly painted home. Visit our new website at castos.com audience. No, really, poke around. We just redesigned it. Maybe we missed something. While you're there, if you want to start a podcast or learn more about our members-only podcast revenue, check us out at castos.com. Okay, let's pick up our conversation with Nathan. Steno.fm is like, it's an experiment to bring first-class support for transcripts and captions to podcasting. So, uh, you know, for a long time, I've like moaned and groaned about the lack of easily accessible transcripts in podcasting. Um, so things like Descript are, have like a great user experience, but it's just for editing your own show. It's not for, you know, consuming other people's transcripts. Um, and then there's other experiences out there like TED.com. Like when you're watching a TED talk, you can enjoy the experience um, by reading along uh, as, you're, uh, as you're listening and watching to the show. Um, and just so many other little things coalesced of like, I want all of this great user experience about enjoying the text along with the audio um, to come to podcasting. So after I sold uh, pod.link, my nights and weekends were free again. And so uh, that alongside the podcast index's um, new transcript tag told me that now is the, the right moment for me to like dig into that idea and see, see if I can make a go at it. Like, like every other you know, masochist product maker, you're like, I've got free time, time to lose that again. Like, <laughs> yeah, just exactly. Something else. It's like, I can't just sit back and watch TV. No. Right. <laughs> um, you know, I, I want, this is not a direct question. This is me sort of setting the stage of where, what I'd like to talk about today. I, I want to talk about like where the industry is going, like who's really innovating the industry, uh, podcast 2.0 and the open source movement versus sort of the bumblings of Apple, to put it politely, for the first half of this year, or three quarters of the year, uh, we're already in, going into October. Um, who's really innovating the space? Who's really pushing it? I see this perfect storm happening, right? Where ah, for years, people liked what Apple did for podcasting because it sort of got us on the map, air quotes I'm holding up, uh, dear listener. But over the last, what, five, eight years, not much else has come from in a, uh, from Apple in terms of podcast innovations. And I felt like the whole industry sort of just sat back and was like, 
eh, whatever. Until, until Apple really dropped the ball and people couldn't upload episodes. <laughs> and they were like, hey, hey, Apple, what are you doing with this thing? And there was this perfect collision of Apple dropping the ball and sort of the innovations of podcasting 2.0 really starting to hit a stride where people are like, oh, there's other things happening in this industry. It's not just this trillion dollar company over, over there. So that's not a direct question, but if you have any comments around that hypothesis or yeah. your own take on the No, industry. definitely. I think for the longest time, Apple in podcasting was just sort of a benign sleeping giant. I'm not the first person to say that. Um, but it's pocket change for them compared to everything else that they're going on. Um, and as sales of the iPhone, iPhone have, you know, plateaued, or at least there's not, you know, hockey stick like growth left for them um, in the world. You know, they're we're reaching, you know, near full saturation on iPhone. They've been needing to tell their investors this service revenue, services revenue narrative where they say, no, we're like, we're getting a lot more people going to sign up for iCloud, iCloud Plus. We've got Apple TV Plus. We've got Fitness Plus. We've got, uh, you know, our bundles of all of these services tied together. Um, and... Uh, you know, I think eventually, you know, their eye, like in scrounging the couch cushion for pennies, they decided, well, we, you know, I guess we'll, we'll see what we can squeeze out of podcasting as well. So, uh, and then they put not... like three people of, of the team on it. It's hard to see, uh, before all of this was like publicly announced, um, you know, looking like using their existing APIs for Podlink. Um, so initially Podlink was just the, like the landing page for your podcast. And I directly pulled your latest episode so you could hit play on the latest episode, but people really wanted episode pages. And so instead of scraping RSS feeds, the first, my first like stab at the idea was using a Apple episode, uh, API endpoint. And I'd get complaints that episodes weren't there for 24, 48, 72 hours after the fact. Same sort of complaints people are hearing now. Um, but the difference was they could open up that show in their Apple Podcast app on their phone. And they'd find that latest episode. And they say, well, why is it available inside the, the app? But why is it not on Podlink? Um, and that was because, well, you know, the app was directly talking to the RSS feed and their API would slowly catch up a couple days later. I could say, yeah, you can see it inside your podcast app, but you can't actually find the Apple podcast episode URL on the web because their web services just hadn't caught up. And so I think in this rollout, when they migrated everybody towards using the like central system where they get their episodes, not straight from the RSS feed, but from Apple's own system, um, some of those little like, uh, gaps in their, you know, in their functionality just began to be publicly visible to all the listeners. And so the, the like 11% drop, I think it was that a lot of people saw when like automatic downloads stopped working and other things like that. Um, it's just like the creeks were beginning to show about how, how much they hadn't really maintained some of their infrastructure. I've said this publicly before that it's taken this moment in time for, you know, the real uh, 1% of podcasters to really start to shift. And this is my, maybe my own take. Uh, you know, I, I've never been in it for like the media side, the IAB side of it, like this whole like corporate. I'm not like the, like Brian Barletta and I have had really interesting conversations behind the scene. Like I love how passionate he is about like advertising, but at the same time, I'm like, ugh, corporate advertising, <laughs> right? It's like how I look at it. I've never been in it for that game. Um, and I just feel like it's taken this moment in time, these, these last six to eight months for people to realize, oh, like 
like we've given a lot of weight to multi-million dollar companies or multi-billion dollar companies like a Spotify and all these sort of other big conglomerates, Amazon, Google, to like fight a trillion dollar company <laughs> in podcasting. But podcasting itself is made up by, you know, folks like you and me who just love podcasting for either a business standpoint or we need to get a message out there and keep our audience informed, whatever that is, as a business, as a nonprofit, as a hobby. Like, this is what really makes up a collection of, uh, of the podcasting industry. Do you think we're going to start to see folks start to shine light more on the smaller places like a Castos, uh, like with what you know you're doing, and like really take care of the the indie creators, even though I don't even like that title. But do you think we'll start to see this shift a little bit more back to the homegrown podcasters? I think we are in that moment right now where there's a thousand flowers blooming um, along basically all the sort of business models. Um, so I think um, with things like Ben Thompson's uh, passport uh, system, which would let you. Um, you know, have your podcast and get it into Spotify's ecosystem um, when that's eventually like released, you know, beyond his own show. Um, but other people are, everybody is taking a stab at what does, you know, a successful indie podcast look like? What is, what are the different business models that are available besides just, you know, uh, the traditional sort of like advertising way? I think the medium definitely, if you think about sort of like the history of RSS, um, you know, RSS sort of fell apart when Google Reader, uh, like the ecosystem fell apart when Google Reader stopped being the central destination. And so Google Reader was really the source of reach for so many people. I stopped checking so many websites when um, Google Reader went away. Um, but RSS has been a like a good fit for podcasting um, to remain sort of decentralized and out of the hands of, you know, just one player and um, they can't, you know, really crank up, uh, you know, crank up the pain in some way and be like, well, we're just going to squeeze everybody for uh, a percentage of all their advertising revenue. It's like, no, I'll just delist my show from your particular app. Um, um, and so, you know, you can see the stab that uh, the podcast index folks are taking at this where, you know, they're looking at, okay, what does micropayments look like over uh, the Bitcoin Lightning Network? Um, and they're trying to see you know, is, is there a, you know, a way for people to make a living or, um, just survive off of, off of that financial model? So I, I think we will see it shake out in, in a little while. I think, um, now is uh, like the best time of the best time ever for like the creator economy and passion economy and people who want to maybe confine their thousand true fans and succeed in that way. Um, and it doesn't have to, you know, come at the expense of, you know, the big guys uh, are all going to fall apart necessarily. I think there's there's room for both. Let's transition to podcast 2.0. Um, you started mentioning crypto payments. We'll start with that. And then I want to get into transcripts for sure. And I'll start with it because Twitter just uh, released the Twitter tip feature, which I've been refreshing my profile since they announced it. Like, where's my access to... Uh, Twitter tips. Um, I have my crypto wallet. I have tipped the podcast index. I've tipped uh, Evo Terra. And I'm like, man, if I just do I have to tip somebody else to get access to this, like who do I have to pay to get access to this? Um, I feel like Twitter integrating this 
uh, so long as it doesn't go the way uh, of Twitter fleets, <laughs> we're we're in a pretty good place for exposing creator payments, crypto, right? All of that stuff, ease of payments. But again, no real question. Shifting it over to you, what what are your thoughts around the the crypto payment space for creators? Yeah, I think um, it's been able to flourish in a way that other sort of creator payments have not really worked um, because Apple has you know just decided to turn a blind eye to it thus far. Um, uh, you know, all Apple anybody in the sort of like Apple developer community. Um, is aware of any time you know a new app is suddenly being asked to uh, integrate um, in-app purchases. You know, uh, WordPress.com had their their applets. You manage your own self-hosted uh, WordPress website or the first-party hosted WordPress website. And Apple reached out to them and said, like, no, we need in-app purchase uh, on those first-party um, hosting plans. Um, which uh, eventually uh, they made a stink about and Apple, you know, backed off of that sort of thing. But um, because Apple has decided uh, we don't need a cut of crypto, you know, pur purchasing crypto in from USD, uh, that sort of thing, um, they've, they've gotten by um, with the margins. I think the whole point of, you know, the crypto stuff is that all the transaction fees um, and everything else, uh, if, if you don't have to pay 30% to Apple, you can you can do a lot more with your money. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see like how long Apple maintains that stance. And then in light of um, the ruling that came out of the Apple versus Epic trial, whether they'll be just sort of forced to allow in-app purchases with third-party payment systems. Um, or if everybody who currently does some sort of third-party payment system now would have to also offer uh, in-app purchase as a payment option. And they also had a, Another ruling that was right alongside of it, I don't have the URL uh, in front of me right now, but we'll, we'll get it to the show notes, is that uh, they were going to, if you were a media uh, app and you wanted to sell uh, private podcasts, like we, again, like we do at Castos, which was one of the reasons why, like when we sat back and we were creating out our private podcasting uh, feature, that was a thing. It was just like, well, geez, like if we had this in our app, then Apple's going to take 30%. Are we really ready to go down that road? Because what is the creator going to make at the end of the day uh, if, they're, if they're losing already off the top 30% to Apple? But there's uh, something that's going to take effect. I hope I'm quoting this uh, correctly. Uh, not until 2022. I think it starts in January where media, con media, or media slash content apps can actually charge for content access without the 30% uh, cut. Which is yeah, I think there was there fantastic. was a a Japanese ruling that uh, apps would be allowed, like they're called reader apps. Um, but Apple gets to decide what a reader app is. That a reader app is just something that entirely exists only within inside their um, their guidelines. Mm -hmm. um, but a reader app would allow be allowed to have one link um, to set up and manage an account um, external to the app, um, and so you'd be able to, you know, go switch plans on Spotify um, or Netflix or something like that. So, you know, you log into, you open you download the Netflix app for the very first time. Uh, right now, today, you're just prompted with a login screen. And if you don't know how to get a login, Netflix is barred from explaining that process to you at all. Right. But um, in the future, uh, with that Japanese ruling, um, they would be forced to allow at least, like, 
one one link entirely uh like no more no less uh only one link to manage your account um and potentially create an account in the first place so uh we don't know what sort of rules apple will put around um the contents of those web page will they start in their sort of app review guidelines dictating like you have to op- offer apple pay on that web page um so it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out and what rules they create around all these different new regulations that they're facing i'm sort of the podcast 2.0 cheerleader inside of castos the the big buzz of uh, value for value in crypto is on these podcast 2.0 apps as i listen to the show you are literally paying me by the minute or maybe the second i, I forget what it is but paying me as you're streaming the show to support my show uh, which incentivizes me to create great content and, and keep you listening. The longer you can listen, the more potential uh, revenue I can make. And, you know, the thought process is, well, maybe we can step away from advertising in the future. I mean, I think that's a huge chasm to, to hurdle, but um, Podcast 2.0 apps are looking pretty interesting these days. We don't have, well, we have many of them, but Many of them are not great yet. Um, I'll toss that grenade to you, Nathan. <laughs> what, <laughs> yeah, what do you, you want? If you want to check out one of those new apps, uh, it's, you can go to newpodcastapps.com, and there's a listing of all the different um, platforms and apps that are supporting um, parts of the new uh, podcast namespace spec. Um, some of that includes, you know, podcast apps that are including the value for value stuff. Um, so. Uh, shout out to, you know, Podverse and Foundation and Podfriend and Curiocaster and, and the whole lot. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm still keeping an eye on on those as well. Um, Steno doesn't really support any of the value for value stuff right now. I'm, I don't have a wallet. I don't have any crypto. Um, so I'm, I'm just keeping an eye on it right now and seeing, uh, seeing how it develops. Um, but I think the Twitter stuff is really interesting um, for like raising, uh, broadening awareness it is, uh, James Cridland will be the first to note that uh, they say, uh, you know, uh, no, uh, or they say, you know, global payments and stuff like that right now, uh, he can't sign up for it. Um, and so it's sort of, uh, you know, two countries right now, I think it's just the US and El Salvador. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you can, you can see uh, where, you know, where they want to take it. I was glad that Nathan and I could come to find some commonalities with our perspective on Apple and podcast industry, at least on the technology side and how Podcast 2.0 is sort of paving the innovation highway. Eesh, what a word, but really pressing forward uh, what we can do with podcasting and more specifically around the ever important RSS feed. So now we'll transition to talking about Steno.fm, his latest side hustle startup. I don't think you'll get offended that I called it that, but really interested to see what he's planning on doing with Steno and maybe just a different approach to how he approached Podlink. Yeah. Um, so when I started Podlink, I was giving podcasters a web destination to help them promote their show if they didn't want to go to the trouble of you know setting up their own website or they didn't like the one that they're their host made. Sometimes the ones that their host made look like they're from, you know, 2001. And you'd say, I'd really not really like want to send anybody to, uh, you know, my show name dot blah, dot blah. And you're like, okay, you know, how can I hide it so that literally nobody ever sees that landing page? And you could say, well, you can set your podcast website to be pod.link slash, you know, your show name, and you can uh, do things that way. 
And um, I was surprised to see that it wasn't just, you know, indie podcasters who didn't know how to set up a Squarespace account. It was, you know, big media co companies that said like, you know, making a new website for us is a $50,000 job. So, you know, uh, seeing things like Google Chrome developers uh, launch uh, shows with Podlink as their domain name and uh, Vox Media and other people like that, I like just sort of saw that power of being that little bit of infrastructure that nobody else is supplying for you. So Steno, um, it's not a podcast app in the sense that you can subscribe, you can set up an account and have a uh, list of shows. Um, that's a route uh, that, you know, although it'd be like, as a designer, I would love to go down that route. Um, the, the product side of me recognizes, uh, I don't really want to compete with Marco Arment. I don't really want to compete with uh, uh, everybody else who's, who's doing that thing. So at the moment, it's basically, it's a great web destination for somebody to enjoy your transcript that you provide yourself in your own RSS feed. So at the moment, um, Last I checked, there's about 7,000 shows with at least one use of the new transcript tag in it. And uh, every single week, there's at least a thousand episode or release that have the transcript uh, transcript tag in the episode. So it's it's a growing thing. And that number, I'm keeping track of that number and watching as it grows. Um, I think I'm going to try to be publishing some sort of like the state of podcast transcript on a you know quarterly basis or something like that uh, to you know see how it keeps growing. But uh, Android users can use Podcast Addict to read along with the transcript. Um, that's one of the, you know, the big 10 podcast apps that actually supports the transcript tag. Um, if you want to listen inside your primary, you know, see it inside your primary podcast app uh, while you're listening. And, you know, um, you know I'm going to see what Steno can do to help out all the other bigger podcast apps and uh, help, help grow the space uh, as a whole. So as of uh, September 28th, that's uh, the date that we're recording, the best way or or the only support right now just so I, just so everyone can understand uh it, it is your feed has to support uh, the podcast 2.0 namespace for transcripts correct okay and, and any plans for hey, you know, manual upload of transcripts collecting somebody's you know feed of episodes and they get to log in and paste the transcripts in or is that Absolutely. Yeah, I've, I, I definitely that was my uh, my first thought uh, around this this topic was that like, well, I'm going to have to work around the hosts that are going to drag their feet on this topic. There's a lot of great shows on platforms where um, uh, they're, you know, the, it's going to be a very long time before I ever see them, you know, update their RSS feeds to support the podcast transcript tag. But um, in in learning more and more about this topic and diving into it, um, I discovered the um, the lyrics meta tag for MP3 files. So this is a tag. You can think about it as sort of like karaoke mode for any sort of MP3. If you want to be able to um, display lyrics uh, in you know attached from an MP3 file, um, so Steno currently does support this tag. Uh, there's currently basically no way for um, most podcasters to add these transcripts to their MP3 file. Um, I'll be very shortly releasing a new tool called Caption Studio, and it will do that process for you. You just drag and drop a transcript file and an MP3 file, and it will re-encode that transcript into the MP3's metadata. So Steno will be able to um, support that, and I'll be releasing some documentation so that if other bigger podcast apps want to support more methods of transcription than just the podcast transcript tag, they could also support this method as well. 
So I'm I'm in this to create, you know, uh, like bring transcripts in whatever form they take uh, to the listener, keeping that you know, like that listener as the end uh, as the as the core priority, and um, whatever form that takes, whether that's you know the, the transcript tag or uh, providing this in uh, MP3 files or you know providing a database uh, down the road if if that's what it takes. If there's anything you you can disclose or just illustrate for the listener. I, I hear I keep hearing you say that uh, you want to help the apps. Um, well, how how do you see in your world connecting with an app, connecting with a podcast host again, like Castos? Like in your perfect world, how can you connect with these and work with them? Like, what's your your perfect your perfect? Yeah, I think moment? I think the the you know at, at a at the fundamental level, it is just raising awareness of the demand for this and helping them recognize how this might be a competitive advantage. Um, so I want to do that for everybody. I want to see transcripts in Apple Podcasts. Um, I want to see it across um, all the apps. Um, so step one, being raising awareness. Step two, being providing um, them the tools to implement it themselves, whether that's you know documentation or an SDK or something like that to uh, help them uh, implement this themselves. Um, and if they need sort of like APIs to uh, handles like transcription and uh, encoding the the transcripts into their MP3s. I'm investigating that a little bit right now as well. Uh, so whatever form that takes, um, it, it's still I think pretty early days. Um, but I'm keeping an eye on all of it and seeing what is a viable solution and what the apps are actually looking for. What was the inherent interest to go into transcripts after this? Uh, after you know, with PodLink and. Transcripts. I mean, I I think of, of like a million different things you could go. You could go customizable players. You could go audiograms. <laughs> There's all these different. Why transcripts for you? Yeah, uh, I think uh, there's just so many times I I listen to so many podcasts and forget um, some little detail about like when was that story about the the heavy credit cards? Uh, what episode was that in? I don't even remember what show it was in. It was I listened to this same host across four different shows and I, I couldn't tell you. Uh, what episode, much less what podcast. Um, and the amount of like searching that I do in my own YouTube history to, you know, to pull up a video um, or searching the web and being able to use the web as sort of a second brain um, is something that I really enjoy for almost everything else besides audio. Um, so being able to have that functionality in podcasting is something that I personally would enjoy. Um, that's what I personally get out of it, but I think uh, it has just far-reaching implications for anybody that needs, you know, captions to enjoy the media that they love. Um, it's uh, it's something that you can provide to a lot more people. You can, you know, make everybody's experience a lot better. And as a, you know, designer at heart, uh, that's that's something that's always going to thrill me. And the chance to deliver that that sort of experience is uh, something uh, I was just itching to solve. Well, Nathan, I look forward to your uh, payday when you sell Steno, the podcast search engine, to Google in, uh, in about, uh, <laughs> about th I'm going to say, eh, three to four years. You'll have it perfect. You'll have this massive index of searched podcasts, and uh, I'd be the first to say, I, you know, I get to talk to this guy before he sold off to Google. Uh, this is <laughs> fantastic. Steno.fm. Folks can go there now, right? They can set up their yeah. account. They can connect to their their podcast to they, it. They don't need to set up an account at all. They can okay. just go to the website, search for their own show. We automatically pull in all the shows. If they're already providing transcripts, you can already see it right there in the episode list, which episodes we've detected a transcript for. And they can uh, share those episode URLs in their show notes so that 
Um, if, if they don't have their own website to display those transcripts on, or the apps that their listeners use don't uh, support those transcripts, um, Steno is a, is a nice alternative. It's fantastic. Steno.fm, pod.link, and NathanGathright.com. Those are all the places folks can find you. Anywhere else you want folks to say no. thanks? Uh, yeah, you can uh, always uh, follow me on Twitter at, uh, at NathanG. Everyone else, the audience podcast, castos.com slash audience. By the time you're listening to this, we have a brand new website. We really hope you enjoy it. The hosting account that you're looking at if you're a Castos customer looks brand new and looks fresh. We got a whole bunch of awesome new features coming, including transcripts with podcast 2.0. Stop emailing me about a lightning node. We're not going to be there yet. <laughs> We're not going to be there soon. I, you know, I'll try. Uh, I don't know if I can sell that one to the team. Gasos.com to start your podcast. Don't forget to follow us on gasos.com slash audience. Thanks, everybody. See you in the next episode.